Never thought I'd be whistling an introduction that would be heard as far off as Singapore, Kenya, and Uruguay. So thank you, Tim Ferriss, for nudging me to start this podcast. Welcome to Big Questions. This is Cal Fussman. And by the way, that was Winter Wonderland I was whistling, in case you didn't recognize it. But I was emboldened to have the courage to whistle it by the folks at Taylor Guitars. Taylor is known for making these sensational acoustic guitars, and I spoke to a group of execs at their headquarters in El Cajon, California last week. One of the points that came out of a conversation was just how wonderful it is to simply pick up an instrument and play it. You don't need to be a world-class performer. You do it just because you enjoy it and the people around you can enjoy it too. Just makes you feel good. And whistling like that just made me feel good. Well, tell you why all this happened. Just before I went to do that talk at Taylor, I stopped in at a little breakfast joint nearby called Janet's Cafe. One of those kinds of places with all kinds of pies enclosed in rounded glass. Sit down for some breakfast, and I'm greeted by all these cheerful Christmas melodies that are piped in over my head. Music caught me by surprise, because when you live in California, sometimes it's hard to realize that Christmas season's upon us. You get tricked by the palm trees and sunshine. It's always springtime where I live. So I'm listening to Winter Wonderland, and a smile comes to my face because... I thought about the Santa suit story. Now, a lot of people ask me to use big questions to tell my story, so I thought, maybe I should tell the Santa story. Story goes back 25 years. I originally wrote it for a newspaper, and by sheer chance, on the exact same day that I heard Winter Wonderland at Janet's Cafe, a few characters in the story dug it up 3,000 miles away and read it out loud. It's definitely an evergreen. So I'm going to tell it to you today. Now, this is not the typical Christmas story. It's called The Curse of the Santa Suit. Here's the setup. One of my best pals in the world is the writer Gary Smith. You might have heard me mention him before. Gary is one of the best magazine writers ever. He's in the Sports Writers Hall of Fame. We met in a magazine called Inside Sports back in the early 80s. And when that magazine went out of business, we took off and hit the road for a while. It was Gary who gave me the blueprint for how to travel around the world. He left for Europe a few weeks before me and in search of some freedom, he bought a bus ticket in Italy without knowing where it was going. He got off without a clue as to where he was, and was picked up in a car by a lovable guy who came to be nicknamed Psycho Killer. Everybody loved Psycho Killer. When Psycho Killer took Gary back home to a town of Castle Viscardo, glasses of wine were immediately filled and lifted. And Gary was quickly adopted by the entire town. They put him up, fed him, and in return, he picked a few grapes, listened to their stories, and told them his. As it turns out, 
That's all it really takes to travel around the world. That's the blueprint. After a while, Gary left Castle Viscardo to meet me in Munich for Oktoberfest, where he told me all about his experience. And we went back to Castle Viscardo together. I'm telling you, the moment I set foot in this town, I was greeted with shouts of, Calvino! And the wine was immediately poured. That was the start of a 10-year embrace by the world. I'd come home to visit family and friends once in a while, and if I could time it right, I'd try to make it back to Gary's parents' home in Wilmington, Delaware, for the family's Christmas celebration. There are nine kids in Gary's family. By the time I started to enjoy the celebration, most of them had grown and started families, but all of them came together at their folks' home for that Christmas celebration. Gene would have the snickerdoodles ready. Harry C. had perfected a peerless whiskey sour. All nine kids would be making fun of each other and playing practical jokes on each other. It truly was the definition of the word merry. If there was reality TV back then, Christmas at the Smiths would have been an annual hit, especially if we had filmed the episode where they got me into the Santa suit. It was so abrupt that it caught me off guard. Gary's sister Janine rushed over with this Santa outfit and said, Cal, you gotta put it on. Now, I had never been Santa Claus before. I was actually very skinny back then and looked nothing like the part. Next thing you know, though, she's sliding the red baggy pants up my legs. You're the guest, she said. You're the one the grandchildren are least likely to recognize. She stuffs a pillow under the top, brings a big buckle around my waist, and hitches it closed. That comfortable, she asked. I say, you know, is there anyone else who can do this? She's not having any of it. She's already taping the beard in place. Make sure the mustache doesn't fluff into your nose, she says. You don't want to sneeze on the kids. Then she gets that red furry cap on top of my head and turns me toward the mirror. There, you see, you look great. I kind of did look like Santa, but I didn't immediately burst out into ho-ho-hos. I'm telling you, from the moment I put that suit on, something felt a little off. Next thing I knew, a couple of Gary's other sisters were shepherding me out the back door and handing me a fistful of bells. Hey, listen, the parents called to all the two, three, and four-year-olds. It's Santa Claus. As I bounded through the front door, all the grandchildren's eyes popped wide with belief. I ho-ho-hoed. They squealed. I asked them what they wanted. They each hopped into my lap and requested about $400 worth of toys. Now, I would have said, what you really need is a sportique hoodie, maybe some sportique sweats and a comfy tee. But back then, sportique wasn't even born. So I just inhaled deeply and told him that Santa would try his best. After a few minutes, I was exiting the front door and the parents were staring out the living room window with hands cupped over their eyes waving goodbye to the reindeer 
floating off into the sky. It was all quite ordinary, no different from many other millions of appearances Santa annually made around America. I probably would have forgotten the entire experience altogether if my tongue hadn't turned green a few months later, or perhaps if my fiancé hadn't then called off the engagement two weeks before our wedding. I was still in a daze when the next Christmas at the Smiths rolled around. Hey, you were great last year, one of Gary's brothers said. He was trying to cheer me up. Can you be Santa again? I felt myself recoil without knowing why. Oh, I'm a little under the weather, I said, my voice turned a little nasal. You definitely don't want me too close to those kids right now. And so Gary's sister, Janine, dropped her voice a few octaves and ho, ho, ho through the front door. Janine's life was a happy Hallmark card. She was married to a handsome dentist, lived in a beautiful home, had a challenging job. Well, within weeks after Janine stepped into that Santa suit, the dentist demanded a divorce, disappearing with one of his hygienists. Now, I'm a pretty logical guy and seemed a little absurd at first, but even then I couldn't help but wonder, was it the suit? I felt like I had to do something, but who was I? I'm an outsider to stop this family tradition. Still, what if the suit was cursed? How could I put anyone else at risk? I arrived early for the next holiday celebration at the home of the couple who stored the suit in their attic. Sister Sue and brother-in-law Tommy and asked him to replace it. Don't be silly, Tommy harumphed. Tommy is an insurance agent, a man whose business operates on statistics and probabilities charts. I'm not gonna go out and buy a new Santa Claus suit just because of your nonsensical phobias, he said. Look, it's two years in a row, I said. First me, then Janine, please. Trust me on this. Nothing's going to happen, Tommy said. I can prove it. A few days ago, we loaned the suit out to our next door neighbor, Hugh. <laughs> you did what, I said. Calm down. He gave a performance for the kids at the local recreation center. Kids had a great time. Nothing bad happened. Hugh returned the suit just yesterday. Everything's fine. And Janine's new boyfriend, Rick, is going to play Santa at our party. I knew trouble was headed for the family's next Santa as soon as I saw him. Janine's new boyfriend, Rick, owner of a hair salon, was a pleasant, gentle guy, the sensitive sort. Easy meat for the Santa suit. The inevitable, of course, soon occurred. Rick was dumped by Janine, and not long after, his hair salon went bankrupt. Then came news of the neighbor, Hugh, who'd borrowed the suit. You guessed it, Hugh's gallbladder. 
When I showed up for the next Christmas, with a clove of garlic around my neck, the family hooted and jeered. By this time, I was seen as the family's eccentric, just another cog in the Smith family tradition. You can count on Brent, the youngest son, to slink over to you each year and ask for a $3,000 loan to help finance a BMW. You can count on Allison, the daughter up from Texas, to burble on and on and on about how her son had just learned to color between the lines. And you can count on Cal to howl about the evil lurking in that Santa Claus suit. Somehow, it felt good to have a dependable role, to know I was an important fixture in the yearly ritual. Don't start on me again, growled Tommy a life insurance agent. It's all a figment of your imagination. Hey, it was no figment of my imagination when my fiance called the wedding off. She acted perfectly reasonably, Tommy said. What sane woman would marry you? Oh yeah, and what about my tongue? Oh, Tommy scowled at that. You go into the Amazon jungle on vacation, you get bit by some exotic insect. Gives you a rash and turns your tongue green. So what? Oh, yeah. And what about Janine's marriage to Bob the dentist? What's the divorce rate in this country, Tommy asked? 50%? Besides, good riddance. I knew that guy was no good from the start. Look at what he did to Gary's teeth. Individually, I said, you can mock the examples. But you can't deny the sheer weight of the evidence. What about Rick's business? What about Hugh? Hey, Tommy said, we're in a recession. If Donald Trump is going belly up, what do you expect from Rick? And you know how many people in this country have gallbladder operations each year? Perhaps you should call the New England Journal of Medicine. I'm sure they'd be quite interested to research a theory linking gallbladder surgery to Santa Claus suits. Well, I sat back, flushed with exasperation, and I sipped my beer. And I thought, maybe Tommy was right. Maybe breakups and bankruptcies and burst bladders are just everyday life. Maybe Christmas is merely a few days of being thankful for surviving all the problems that happen to us all the year round. Would you just relax and enjoy Christmas, Tommy said? I don't know. It was Sue, Tommy's wife, coming to my rescue. To be honest, I'm getting a little leery about letting anyone in the family wear that suit. Oh, Tommy rolled his eyes. You too? Okay, okay, okay. I have an idea, he said. We'll ask Donnie to be Santa this year. At which point, Everybody screamed, Donnie! At the risk of offending every family, every family has its Donnie. He's the guy with the booming voice, the one who beat you once at wiffle ball when you were seven years old and still booms about it 40 years later. He was family, yes, but not direct family, the brother of a brother-in-law. And because he had always been 
with his own family in the past, when Santa appeared at the Smith residence, Donnie knew nothing of the curse. No one could argue. Not even me. Donnie was the perfect candidate. Well, <laughs> who can possibly explain <laughs> what happened to Donnie two days after he wore the suit? <laughs> He leaves his parents' house carrying all his and his wife's Christmas gifts, packs them in the car, and goes to wish Merry Christmas to a friend who happens to be a state policeman. All is well. Donnie comes out of that meeting in the policeman's house an hour later, only to discover that not one of his wife's presents has been touched but that every one of his own gifts, except a pair of athletic socks with holes in them, has been stolen. Well, that was just the start. Donnie was still smarting from such a loss when he went to his beach house to see in the new year with a crackling blaze in the fireplace. <laughs> he swept all the dead embers into a brown paper bag placed them in a utility room with the rest of the trash, just as he's done dozens of other times, and he sits down to enjoy a football game, only to look over and discover a strange glow beneath his utility room door. Now, let me ask you, what logical rationale is there for the sight of a 38-year-old man racing to the front door, clutching a fiery brown paper bag, spewing flames that burn holes in his carpet, melt his vinyl kitchen floor and vacuum cleaner hose while his wife streaks from the shower to try to extinguish the blaze without a stitch of clothing on, while axe-wielding firefighters storm the neighbor's condominium door. I don't know how, but somehow this story came to a laughable end. Thank you, Donnie. Much gratitude. Brother-in-law Tommy finally got the hint, and he and Sue got rid of the Santa suit. And I'm happy to say that I am now married to the woman who called off the engagement it was very wise of her to do so at the time. I was roaming the world and not ready to get married quite yet. But we got it back together, and we're at 27 fantastic years and counting. And Gary's sister, Janine, she is now happily married to a wonderful guy, and it brings me great joy to know that she's happy. And in a few weeks, Gary's daughter, Savvy, will be married and we can already tell that union's a winner. And so the updated moral of the story is, if you gotta be Santa Claus, fill your sack with sporty goodies, comfy tees, sweats and chinos, and that way you'll make sure 
that everybody you touch has a Merry Christmas. Remember, that's spelled S-P-O-R-T-I-Q-E. And if you go to sportique.com and use the offer code CAL, you'll be merry yourself because you'll get a 20% discount. I want to wish a happy holiday season to Jason and Matt at Sportique. Thank you so much for getting behind big questions. Thanks to Kevin, the manager, for all you do. And thanks to Luz Fleming, who handles the audio. To Hassan Rumier for his technical expertise. To Philip Lanos, who's always got my back. To El Chen, whose enthusiasm and good sense makes the world a better place. And to Chelsea O'Brien for the unending fountain of ideas. And I want to thank all of you who listen to Big Questions week after week. And I wish each and every one of you a beautiful and prosperous year to come. Cheers!